0: Cruise Control streams live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast episode's information.
1: and hello hello everyone welcome to cruise control this is your on-air automotive magazine and you know that because you know us i'm les jackson that guy is fred staub we are here as we have been for many years and uh, we cover the auto industry We think pretty well, wouldn't you say, Fred?
0: I think so, Les. It's always about new vehicles, tips for buying a vehicle, our reviews of vehicles. So we try to update Mm -hmm. you and let you know what's going on and maybe help you out if you're buying a new vehicle. That's right. Uh, We're
1: just we're giving information out. Um, And sometimes
0: we tell you what not to buy. but,
1: (laughs) But fortunately, that doesn't happen too often.
0: Yeah, you got a story about a concept that was well-received, but it's getting a complete redesign, right, Les? Absolutely. Uh, Chrysler's
1: Airflow, which is one of the best names of a car that ever was. Back in the 30s, there was an Airflow. The concept's getting a new name and a big redesign. Yeah. So we'll tell you what's in store.
0: Yeah, yeah, interesting. And we'll kind of tell you about what's coming up for the brand. Then here's an interesting study. The average age of vehicles is climbing. We'll tell you why. Could it be that they're too expensive, the new ones, to buy?
1: That's right. Um, And are the Chinese built cheap EVs ready to dominate the U.S. car market? Mmm, we'll talk about that.
0: Yeah. Well, it could be that uh, US manufacturers are going to abandon affordable vehicles and and sell vehicles for mm-hmm. 70, 80, 90, 100,000 and wow. kind of cede that to these new manufacturers. We don't know. We'll we'll find out and we'll tell you about it. Plus, VW says there's something missing in its lineup and we'll tell you what it is.
1: Ah, I hope it's not the VW
0: test car I I kept. No, it's not that. Uh,
1: Okay. And we're talking tech this hour, freezing the frunk (laughs) and increased radar. We'll explain those.
0: Yep, we will. And I'll have an at-the-wheel review of the Lexus RZ. Has some unique features and uh, all-electric vehicle, the first all-electric vehicle from Lexus. This is based on the BZ4X, which is Toyota's version, which also is based on the Salterra. And a very high-end luxury vehicle, kind of unique design. Uh, We'll talk about it, talk about what it was like to recharge it with a high-speed 400-volt DC charger, and uh, give you a whole review of the vehicle. I kind of like these electric vehicles that are more... Uh, in line with, uh, you know, gas-powered vehicles in the sense that they have that upfront electric motor under the hood and kind of the same packaging. So, hey, we'll have a full review of the RZ450E coming up on Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We will be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We're here every week to tell you about mm-hmm. what's going on in the automotive industry. Shed a little light on that new technology. Freezing the frunk. <laughs> we'll talk about that freezing later. The frunk. Um, so over at Stellantis, there's been a lot of talk about Chrysler. And what the future of Chrysler is. I mean, basically, when the 300 goes away, it will be the Pacifica. And that is it. Yeah, Only. That's it. It. So how is the brand going to be positioned? And apparently, it's been given, I think, five years to find its way. If it doesn't, it goes away. It goes the way of Oldsmobile and Pontiac. Of of Plymouth. Plymouth. Oldsmobile, Pontiac, yep. Mer- Mercury, you name it. So uh, Motor Trend spoke to, uh, it, by the way, we should say the airflow concept was brought out, and a lot of people liked it. And kind of they're positioning Chrysler as the EV brand of Stellantis, uh, and as it's, as it's described, uh, it is the startup brand offering clean mobility, seamless technology, and affordable pricing. This is from the new head of the brand. Mm. Um, And of course, Ralph Gilles, who we know, who is the head of design, Stellantis design chief, brought out the Airflow. Airflow is a great name, historic name. And they brought it out and showed it off. And I think it was well received, but... The new boss of uh, new CEO Chris Fe- F- Fuel uh, Fuel uh, came in and said, "Hey, it wasn't different enough. You know, this 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 airflow concept looks pretty buildable. It does. Um, if they could pull it off
1: uh, and and have a, you know a, a nice reasonable price." They could really change the industry.
0: But this is not going to be built, and the Airflow name has been scrapped. Yeah. It's going to be a complete new design. This is according to uh, Motor Trend, who spoke with Ralph Gilles. And and he was told that the new CEO of Chrysler wanted something that literally – was literally literally zero to do with anything that you've seen today even the airflow concept it's a new direction hmm be interesting
1: you got to be careful if you just like the original chrysler airflow it was too radical for its time and it was a very good car but people didn't buy it
0: you mean history could repeat itself with uh, a vehicle would, that's too much I hope
1: they're reading history.
0: It'll be interesting to see, Les, what happens with Chrysler. I mean, literally, dealers are going to have nothing to sell except the Pacifica, which is not yeah. terrible. But would you want to base your whole brand on a minivan? Well. It, I mean, that's an easy question. I mean, it's a good minivan. That's a great minivan. It's got a plug-in mm-hmm. hybrid version. It's got an all-wheel drive. But. Obviously, you can't be a standalone dealer and just sell Pacifica minivans, can you?
1: Well, you can't. Um, all you can do is team with Fiat and and Alpha.
0: And Fiat doesn't really sell anything that much no. anymore. So you
1: have to sell Ram trucks.
0: Yeah. So, so we'll see what happens with Chrysler, but it's interesting that they're clean sheeting this. And, uh, you know, I think... Uh, I'm anxious to see what what they come out with. And um you know, they need product and it's going to hit in 2025 because uh dealers are just going to have to hang on <laughs> literally hang on for the next couple of years uh to make this uh to keep it going. So we'll see we'll see what happens. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm anxious to see what Ralph has drawn up though. He's a great guy. You and I have talked to him at length. He's been on the show. Um so I wonder what that's like as a designer. You design something, you take it to that level. You know, yeah. with something that looks pretty buildable to me. That's right. And then they say, "No. Yeah, it just doesn't look f- flashy enough want. or oh, or yeah, things. I want it to look completely different." Okay. We'll see. I look forward to seeing what it what it what it's going to look like. So, Hey, a new study out, Les. Uh, The average age of a vehicle. Can you guess what it is? I know
1: what it is. And it's going up for many years. It was 11 years.
0: Now it is actually 12.5 years. People are holding on to their vehicles. We got a new study. Uh, the from S and P Global Mobility. So when we come back, we'll tell you why people are hanging on to their vehicles. Stay tuned to Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We will be right back. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Les, we were just uh, starting to talk about this new study um, uh, from a place called S&P Global Mobility. And it says uh, there are 122 million vehicles in operation right now that are over 12 years old uh there are by the way, just another interesting factoid there are more than two hundred and eighty four million vehicles being driven on the u s roads, and the record average is up by three months compared to twenty twenty two um now, what do you think this the reasonings for it I'll, i i I don't even have to look because I think I know some of them is new vehicles are just so much more expensive
1: uh they are um, and, of course, the vehicles made in the last 10 years are very reliable. Yes. So they tend to last
0: longer. Vehicles were not available during COVID and the chip shortage. and Right. Uh, and uh, dealer tricks, you know, to raise the price, turn people off. I also think people avoid buying cars because they hate the buying experience. I agree. Um, I think a lot do.
1: And the result is um, 12 and a half years for the average ownership. By the way, the average ownership in 1965 mm-hmm. was 29 months. Wow.
0: Wow, that is an uh, interesting, interesting? Fa- Yeah, very very interesting factoid. Uh, sedans, coupes, and wagons uh, made up the... Uh, as well as light trucks made up the bulk of new vehicle sales uh, and sport utilities, of course. Last year, 78% of all new vehicles sold were light trucks or utility vehicles. Wow. 63% of all vehicles on American roadways are trucks or utility vehicles. And by 2028, Light trucks and utility vehicles are projected to make up around 80% of the total vehicle fleet on U.S. roads.
1: There go more sedans. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the fact is, uh, you can with reasonable maintenance, you can keep uh, your, your vehicle running for many, many years. Uh, yeah. Your, yours is, uh, what, 15, 16 years old? Yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. and Yeah,
1: mine's 14. My wife's is
0: 23. There are clubs of people that have those vehicles I have, that some of them take them up to 300,000. Uh, Mine will rust away before that. <laughs> it disappeared. <laughs>
1: but that's a whole other issue.
0: That's a whole uh, other issue. Yeah, but, you change the oil, you take care yeah. of things. You know, you know it's... Uh, but, I mean, the reasoning is it's just... Too expensive new vehicles. And and, I mean, and we say that I mean not to be say that like twenty five to thirty thousand dollars is not a lot of money, it is. You still can get vehicles for that. You can. You don't have to get the the most the largest SUV with everything in it. You can get some decent vehicles for that kind of range of money. I also think too the trend has been in the last couple of years, no one buys the base models. No, they only they, only they rental companies do. They buy it with everything, don't they?
1: Well, that's right, and um, it, it's just uh, you know the Americans' uh, tastes and desires, uh, and therefore needs uh, have gone to bigger, more expensive, more maintenance. Um, Intensive, more energy intensive SUVs and trucks. Yeah. So now they'll last a long time, um, but boy, they're not cheap.
0: No. And the average price of a pickup truck has gone up tremendously. It used oh. to be, what, $22,000 not that long ago for a base <laughs> not model?
1: Long, not <laughs> long ago. Yeah. Um, and now it's more than double that.
0: What would you say, forty-five thousand? Can you even get a full-size pickup with a few options no, for forty-five thousand? I'm going to look that up. I think it might be higher. Yeah, yeah. You look up at F one hundred and fifty or Silverado, and and now with electric vehicles coming in, it's even more expensive. And numbers in the uh, eighty to hundred thousand dollar range are common. Um I think a lot of people are just going to be leasing. I think a lot of people, and and as we see in this study, a lot of people are just delaying because they just don't want to deal with it. They really don't. Um, wow.
1: Surprise, Fred. Average base cost of a full-size pickup is 38372 Okay. I'm completely surprised.
0: Yeah. Well, it's probably pretty decent even at the base level, too, so. But if you add a few things to it, you go up a trim level you know oh, you're yeah. you're in the low forties, easy right easily you know, add an optional engine all wheel drive yeah by the time you add in all wheel drive, maybe an upgraded engine and mid, maybe an up, mid fifties upgraded trim level, yeah, yeah, well, there you go uh the problem is though uh i mean, they, there are gonna be less expensive electric vehicles coming to market. We Great. talked a little bit about this uh, EV, uh, Equinox EV. It replaces the the Chevy Bolt. A lot of people are upset that the Bolt is being canceled. Um, I, you know, I, I have a couple of thoughts on it. I don't know what the, you know, the thought, thoughts you have are. Of course, people are like saying, there goes GM. They have a vehicle people like, and they're canceling it again. Um, well, but apparently not enough like it. Well, because they don't want to, they basically just don't want to use the old batteries anymore. You know, it would make yeah. sense to say, let's just keep it around as the Bolt Classic or something like that, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, but
0: it's. But no. if they can get people into a higher priced vehicle, uh, you know, that is more modern, built on the more, uh, more modern battery. They want to go to the Ultium battery. So I understand it both ways, uh, but there needs to be still that market, that $25,000 price range you know, for a well-equipped, yeah. safe vehicle. Um, but here's – it was an interesting article in Business Insider, and I, I saw this, and I said, lesson, I have to talk about this. And it's titled uh, – it's from Business Insider, and it's titled, Say Goodbye – to the u.s car market as we know it cheap chinese evs are coming and we'll get we'll start this and then we'll talk a little bit about it a little bit more after the break list but the idea is u.s manufacturers and even korean and japanese manufacturers will seed the entry-level ev market to new chinese manufacturers right that will be able to sell cars for as low as eleven fifteen thousand dollars EVs. I don't know what they'll be like. Well,
1: that, that's that seems,
0: <laughs> but yeah, but um, it it is the theory of this, uh, you know, Business Insider article, and they're saying, you know, Toyota and Hyundai did it first. It was Toyota, then it was Hyundai and now it's a company called BYD which will start importing these things and um or building them in the US they'll just build plants in the US so they can uh still get the incentives you know um do you think and, and there's been this kind of trend in the industry saying you know they went through it with the chip shortage we can sell fewer cars and make the same or more money and we'd be happy with that
1: uh, yeah that that certainly has has been happening with the let's say 30,000 and up range of, of vehicles um, yeah I, there's a real void in the market for a, a good cheap uh, family car
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I I, wonder. I mean, there's, there's mo- Nissan models out there that are less expensive. There's Kia models that are out there that are less expensive. But, you know, who will own the lower end of the market? Right. We'll talk about that more when we come back on Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We will see you right after the break, so stay tuned. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control.
1: And welcome back to Cruise Control. We started talking about this before the break. We're going to continue now. What's going to happen? Um. I love guessing
0: like this.
1: Let's play a game. (laughs) But there there are trends happening. We were talking about, uh, you know, that that are the Chinese going to come in and start selling uh, very affordable, low-priced electric vehicles. And uh, I think it's pretty much inevitable.
0: Well, this was an article uh, in Business Insider and – they, they cite two companies that they think would be in coming in, and that is Geely, which owns a big chunk of Aston Martin now. Right, right. And BYD. Uh, and, you know, they also talk about Polestar, which is a Swedish uh, EV brand owned by uh, Geely and Volvo, and they import from China. We've seen Buick import from China. So absolutely, from this Geely. is yeah. So this is not well, GM. It, It's not really a. Um. It's not really a uh uh you know a far fetched idea. A couple of interesting things though to point out. If they want to start building plants here, will there be there be pushback on Chinese plants? Because there's been pushback of, of being... them buying farms and things like that. Um. And then um, what will people think of these vehicles? Some may not – if they don't listen to cruise control, they might not even know that they're built in China or designed in China. And then I don't know what Chinese safety standards are like. Uh, Um, Do they have any? Well, probably not a lot, but they they have
1: to meet ours.
0: Yeah. uh, You can't have them on the IAH – tests like with parts flying across the room right i mean you can't you can't just <laughs> I, say yes I this gets incredibly that. poor uh you know crash test you know but it's cheap yeah <laughs> right <laughs> our new
1: you know magic budding rose uh car has the same high quality of a 1960s British sports car.
0: Right. Uh, there's another EV startup called Neo has announced plans to enter the U.S. by 2025. Um, interesting. I don't know. I mean, we've I, we've seen know. the change where vehicles are designed by GM for the Chinese market, and they never come here, or they're designed for the Chinese market, and they decide to sell it here, <laughs> and it's built in China. That's exactly right. Like the and Envision. Bear,
1: bear in mind, the, the Chinese um, are selling 5 million EVs a year that they make.
0: Mm-hmm. So they do um, have experience in, in building them. Yeah, so they they seem
1: to know how to do that.
0: But will they just copy a Tesla and send it over here and... <laughs> You know how they do that you ever see where there there's vehicles that look like an F150 but they have like a three cylinder engine in them Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's right. Well, I don't know.
1: No, it, uh, it if they really want to have a, you know, to have a sales presence, they need dealers, they need service, they need to uh, you know, to reach a certain bar. Um and I I think they will. I mean, they they're smart business people
0: do you think the dealer stranglehold will ever be broken and they'll just call it a mobility device or something and get around yep. the law uh, and they can so. sell it on the internet and it Amazon delivers it to you or something I absolutely
1: <laughs> see that happening I, I just don't see why it wouldn't
0: yeah they'll say it's it's not a it's not a vehicle it's not a motor vehicle it doesn't it has a motor but it, it will be a yeah. mobility device. And it will be, you know, you can buy it online. That's what I think. And then and yeah. wh- who knows? I mean, maybe Amazon will market it as their car. You know, they'll, they'll, or they'll give it, a, you know, they'll, they'll buy an old name like Packard or something and, and license it. You know, that's happened a lot. Thing think like the names like Emerson and I believe even Westinghouse, uh, they license their name out.
1: Yeah. Well, Sears, Allstate had a car. Yeah, which was a I think basically a Chevrolet. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, Crosley. I th- I think it I think it could happen. Who knows? We'll see. But we'll I keep you so. up to date, and we'll we'll certainly if they do come here, we'll review them. And of course, Vin Vinfast is a, a Vietnamese car which is coming here as kind of a higher end um, EV. So. Let's see what happens. It's funny. History repeats itself. At the New York Auto Show, at the turn of the century, there were like 85 manufacturers. So we might yeah. end up there again. And there were electric cars as well. So there you have it. Hey, VW says something's missing from its lineup, Les. What do you think it is? An air-cooled engine? Um, Propellers. well the ceo of the volkswagen group of america has told automotive news it needs at least one plug-in hybrid in its lineup and he said they are missing it they have it in other areas in mexico they have the audi q5e and he said we would really like to have a plug-in hybrid in the u.s market soon uh i think it's a good idea i like plug-in hybrids i always say too you don't even need to invest in a uh fast charger you can just wall plug it in and get your 30 miles 40 mile range if you plug it in overnight pretty much right
1: absolutely um certainly they can come up with a plug-in hybrid pretty easily
0: yes what would you think they would put it in? One of their crossovers, or would they put it in uh, one of their... I can their see Sudan. the
1: Tiguan with one.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting idea.
1: Uh, I, wouldn't, I don't think the Golf. Remember, they had the, the E-Golf.
0: Yeah, they don't have that anymore. No. Um, I don't think the, uh, the Atlas. Well, maybe. 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 Uh, but uh, I think it's a good idea have one in there a matter of fact i uh i wanted to check and i didn't get to do this before prepping the show i wanted to ask is every vehicle in the toyota lineup now a hybrid have a hybrid available the big trucks do the the big tacoma, trucks, the tacoma the, just the came out
1: the tacoma
0: yeah um all of the sedans well, do the
1: avalon the the camry
0: the new Crown, which is replacing Crown, Avalon, yeah. will um, um, Corolla does. I think they, I think they virtually all have a hybrid available. I might be wrong about that.
1: Yeah, no, the I think ch- they do.
0: Yeah, which is great. They are they are great at getting the mileage up there to you know really make a difference with no loss of drivability. But plug in yeah. hybrids, uh, a little less common, but I think. Um, I certainly think that they will be a uh, a big player for years to come, you know, as, as people transition over. It's a good transition model. So um and uh yeah, I think I think that will be a, a big story. Let's talk a little tech, shall we? All right. Uh, right. So uh Ford has apparently in the United States patent and trademark office, Carbuzz. This comes from Carbuzz. As discovered, Ford wants to turn front trunks or frunks into refrigerated compartments. And it might not actually be for what you think. Like, I thought, well, great. My frozen yogurt pops, when I come back from the store, they won't melt at all. I'll just keep them in the refrigerated area so they stay the way they should, right? Sure. Well, that's one use, but the cooler box would also help keep the uh, cabin cooler it would keep the battery cooler as well and would help when you're doing high performance driving towing a trailer or there are excessive temperatures so they want to use this space to cool air that will be used for cooling the battery or cooling helping cool the um, driver's compartment the passenger compartment interesting right
1: it is it seems like a good idea
0: yeah, I I do like the idea of putting groceries in there though and keeping them cool. How about you? Always,
1: I've I've always loved these vehicles we test that have, you know, coolers in the in the uh, cup holders and.
0: Yes, yes, I always call out the twelve volt plug in the back area, yeah. steward Jerry, because I know you like that so much for your your plug in twelve volt fridge, right? That you carry with you at all times. <laughs> less is yeah. like i disavow that <laughs> um just no. quick because we're going to have an at the wheel review there's a guy in colorado that got pulled over for drunk driving he swapped his dog into the driver's seat and told the cop his dog <laughs> was driving Uh cop didn't believe it the guy ran away fell over because he was drunk and got arrested but uh, apparently that happens. Uh, apparently, it is a crime to put your dog in the driver's seat and say the dog was driving. So he got called out on that as well. But, um, yes, <laughs> because... More when because, we come back. Yes. Cruise Control streamed live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast episode's information. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. It's Fred Staub and Les Jackson. We are glad you're along for the ride with us. We've been going through a lot about uh, what's going on in the auto industry, what the future will look like. And, of course, I'm not a pronosticator saying there will be a lot more electric vehicles, but uh, we like to drive them all. And this time around is the 2023 Lexus RZ the first electric vehicle from the Lexus brand. And uh, Toyota, it's based on the same vehicle uh, that Toyota sells as the BZ4X. I always have to look down at that name because I don't remember that.
1: That's a toughie.
0: Yeah, the RZ, at least I can remember a little bit easier. Uh, it comes in two trims, premium and luxury. Of course, we had the luxury. What's unique about this vehicle, Less in all my years of reviewing vehicles... I've never received a vehicle that is so new that it only had 50 miles on it.
1: Uh that doesn't happen often. I've had a few. Yeah. You know, with 30 miles, 50, 60. Yeah. It was so Usually it's a couple thousand.
0: It's it smelled new and it even had tags on it. <laughs> yeah. It's like great. it 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 still had the tag hanging from the dashboard and all that. And I left that. But ours was a luxury edition. Fully electric vehicle. Um futuristic looking. You don't get the you get sort of the shape of the Lexus grill without the grill itself in there. And um, you know, many people found this to be super, super futuristic, like kind of like a look into the future. Uh but you can still tell it's a Lexus. Had a cool color, that that light metallic blue, they call it ether, which I, I liked a lot, frankly. Uh ours had the optional lit lexus logo when it's charging it lets you know that you are charging up the vehicle uh not a huge amount of range in this vehicle 196 miles if you get the smaller 18 inch wheels in the premium you'll get more range Uh, i believe you get 220 miles but if you opt for the 20 inch alloy wheels in the luxury edition you're going to lose some mileage Interesting bit of aerodynamics there. They look like the FTD man's uh, ears or wings that on his hat. On the inside, beautiful kind of suede upholstery, um, a light blue interior. Uh, you, a lot of the switch gear, a lot of the controls are very familiar to Lexus owners. A big use of the head-up display where certain functions can only be seen on the head-up display. So you have to get used to that. And big screen. Uh, big screen in the center console, controlled everything, took a little bit of getting used to. I like this. This was an option on the roof. You could hit a button, and it would go clear, hit the button again, and it would go translucent. And I like that, better than having that nice. big rolling uh, piece of cloth that comes over to shade it. Uh, out back, great leg room. I, uh, the roof line was a little low in the back, but I could still see out of it very well. Uh, Kind of that kind of light blue, kind of Alcantara suede type look, Uh, but great flat floor, plenty of leg room for rear passengers. They'd be very comfortable. Amenities in the back include uh, heated seats, three levels, a couple of USB-C outlets, which are the new cup holders, of course, USB outlets, and uh, some AC power down below from an inverter all in all super clean look rotary shifter as you can see the tag is still on the dash telling us about advanced airbags uh clean interior high quality materials and uh really nice job from the folks at uh lexus and we should not be surprised rear seat pretty good uh, pretty flat when folded down they don't articulate the seat cushion but that's okay um and then out back, a tremendous amount of storage. Yes, still the tag on there showing you you can stick your foot under there and open the uh, open up the hatch. Uh, great, a re- lot of room. Rest easy, less. There's still a first aid kit, and of course hmm. the 12 volt plug-in that you crave so much. Still there. So uh, well,
1: you know, I have to have my uh, my
0: gadgets. And then storage beneath, you get a 110-volt charger. I always carry an extension cord because they never know where we will be charging in. The motor, well, the motor looks like an engine, doesn't it? It looks like a <laughs> three- does. or four-cylinder engine, nicely packaged under there. Um, and uh, just smooth driving vehicle, all-wheel drive. This is all-wheel drive, and you could see which wheels were active uh, when you were driving it. Uh, and, uh, of course, plug in up on the, um, uh, the front, uh, fender. I, tr- I, I charged up with a 400 volt DC charger from a company named flow. I believe they are a Canadian company. And, um, uh, I was able to basically get a full charge in about 43 minutes from about, from about, I, I think I had like 70 miles of range left on it. So very, very impressive and easy to do, um, You know, high high, uh, belt line on the vehicle to give it that uh, SUV kind of feel. Uh, High seating. Uh, It's got the black around the um, trim around the wheel wells, which says it's a crossover. (laughs) Um, uh, So acceleration 0 to 60 in five seconds, which is not bad. Total horsepower is 308. So I I felt this thing was very snappy on the road, quick lane changes, drove it on the highway probably for 200 miles, and was pretty impressed with it. Um, And uh, it uh, was, as I said, well-equipped, of course, because it's the luxury level, but a couple of options. Cold area package, which I imagine is a battery heater. The 20-inch aluminum wheels come with the package. Illuminated front badge when charging 200 dollars dynamic sky panoramic glass roof was 550 premium paint 500 side puddle lamps 325 mud guards 150 uh, and carpeted cargo mat 140 so total price with options was 66095 dollars And when you add in the $1,150 destination, it was $67,245. On the road, super enjoyable to drive, super quiet. As I said, lane changes were a snap with this thing. It actually felt like it was faster than uh, five seconds to 60. I found the nav a little hard to work and a, a little hard to tune the radio. That was kind of hidden. Also, when I would... Do voice commands if i was connected to android auto sometimes the car would respond and say do that on android auto i'm still not quite sure uh what uh you know how that how you would select either one of those i did more time in the vehicle but uh quality of the interior the quality of the build was great um what didn't i like about it well i will say this um certain areas like The nose of the vehicle, you can press on it, and it felt like it would go in and out. Uh, The uh, Mm. charge door area seemed like a little flimsy, like you could press on it. The fender moved a little bit. Um, I'd like to not encounter that. But as far as design, um, I think they did a great job. Lexus always does a great job uh, with design and quality materials on the inside. Let's be honest. I'd like to see more range than 196 miles. Um, at this price level, I'd love to see something, you know, in the 300 mile range, but it's just not there yet. Uh, I, it was my first time using the, uh, charging, the direct DC charging, uh, at this location is near some family members. So, uh, they put in a brand new DC charger. So I thought, try it out. And, uh, that was impressive, you know. And the good thing was with that location, I can uh, go back to their house and then just get a ride down to the station, you know, when it, when it's mm. charged up. Um, but a good experience with flow charging. Hey, that is the RZ450E from the folks at Lexus, their first fully electric vehicle. We hope you've enjoyed that at the wheel review. It's time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We are going to see you down the road. Bye. How about that? All right.